everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a free webinar coming up tomorrow. It's part of our nine principles in action series. We'd love for you to join us. The topic is impactful irreplaceables. Recruit and re-recruit the best. You'll pick up tips from re-recruiting those you have as well as for attracting your next best team members. The half hour webinar will start at 2 p.m. Central. To register, head to studeredu.com slash events, studereducation.com slash events, and then click on the event on the right-hand side of the page. Now let's jump right into today's episode. I'm excited for you to meet our two guests. First, let me introduce you to Dr. Kelly Thompson. Kelly is the superintendent of Muskego Norway Schools in Muskego, Wisconsin. She first started working at the district in 1993. Over the years, her roles there have included school psychologist and program support, director of pupil services, associate principal at Muskego High School, director of curriculum instruction, and assistant superintendent, human resources. The Muskego Norway District has received many state and national awards under Kelly's leadership. Three of its elementary schools have earned a National Blue Ribbon School Award from the U.S. Department of Education. Also joining us from the district is Jeff Peterson, Assistant Superintendent of Continuous Improvement. In this role, he partners with Kelly to carry out the district's mission and vision. Jeff started working at Muskego Norway Schools in 2007. At the district, his roles have also included associate principal at Bay Lane Middle School and principal at Muskego Elementary. Prior to joining the Muskego Norway District, Jeff served as an elementary and a middle school teacher at Embrook Schools for 18 years. Kelly and Jeff have partnered with Huron Student Education since 2014. In Wisconsin, Muskego Norway Schools is known as a top performer academically and a great place to work. Stakeholder feedback drives improvement in all that they do. Kelly and Jeff are here to be with us today. I know you're going to enjoy the show. Kelly and Jeff, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We both appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. So let's kick off. I did an introduction of the two of you um, in our intro, but love to hear more about your background, uh, the work that you've done is impressive, and I think our listeners would enjoy hearing that. So, Kelly, if you don't mind, if you'd start and share some information with us on what led you to the field of education. Sure. I actually, as an undergrad, um, I was studying psychology, and uh, through that training, it became evident that um, education and psychology, just the the pairing of it really made sense for me and it um, kind of lit a fire for me. So um, I went into educational psychology and started my career as a school psychologist, actually. And then through that learning, I just um, continued to find other opportunities where I could um, impact, where I um, could see some of the strengths that I have and some of the areas of need of the system and had opportunities to coordinate early childhood programming. I also served as a director for pupil services. 
I had uh, an opportunity to um, be an administrator at the high school. I also had um, some time with curriculum and instruction as a director in that area. And then prior to being the superintendent for the last 10 years, I was um, assistant superintendent, um, which had a focus around human resources. And what was great about all of those experiences, I was able to really grow and learn and contribute in the same school system. So I've been in Muskego, Norway schools since 1993. So um, having 20, nearly 29 years of um, experience and growth and opportunity has just been a blessing. So it's such a great background, Kelly. And, um, you know, I think as as we look at superintendents positions and how we transition, you know, in those positions, uh, the work that you've done in the district and your leadership um, has really led to building the stability in Muskego, Norway, and your leadership has been a great part of that. Jeff, what about you? Thanks for the question. So education was not in the crosshairs of anything I was looking at in the future uh, when I first left high school. In fact, um, I thought myself as being a numbers guy. So wanted to, uh, to graduate from college with some type of accounting major um, because, because of my love and passion for numbers. Um, but I quickly found out that just because I had that passion when I left high school, it wasn't necessarily uh, what was going to continue to drive me to be happy uh, in life. was thrilled to um, have conversation with both my mother and father uh, who have profound influence on me. My mother was a second grade teacher. My father was a middle school uh, educator and then uh, a middle school principal. And through conversation with them and through uh, them inviting me to their schools on my days off in college, I had opportunity to work with students. And, and I really started to find my passion um, and spending time in my dad's middle school and at home having conversation with him about how do you set up a master schedule really led me from, uh, you know, being a teacher, then um, exploring what it would be like to become an administrator. So I taught for 18 years in a school district close, uh, close to here in Muskego. Um, and then 15 years ago, I made the decision that I wanted to really expand my influence on the people that I serve. So I came here and, and uh, was fortunate enough to be a middle school uh, administrator for several years. I then stepped into an elementary principalship. And then over the last seven years, I've been blessed to be able to serve in our school district as the assistant superintendent for continuous improvement and work closely with our building leaders and our entire staff at a system level and uh, work closely with Kelly, who I've got a, a tremendous amount of respect for um, and, and her leadership and what she models for all of us. Yeah, it's so true, Jeff. And, you know, Kelly and Jeff have some commonality with you. Kelly, I've, um, I've had the opportunity to live in most of in the same community for most of my life, you know, which is where my parents are, and be able to get back to that community and do work all over, but um, have great passion for my community. And so it's so nice to be able to spend decades and give them back. Um, and Jeff, you know, I'm, I was called um, kind of the same thing. I actually am a business major, you know, so and then was called kind of called back to to the education profession. My grandfather was on the school board for eight years and my mom volunteered all her life, most of my life. And then when I was in middle school, they opened up a, a new position, volunteer and business partnership coordinator, and she took that position. So 
same same thing. I've tried to get away from it and tried to move in a different direction, and um, my heart took me to the right place. So so glad to to share those share those stories with with you all, and for you to share with our listeners. So let's jump into a little bit with your district. Uh, you all have uh, consistently improved your parent satisfaction and employee engagement scores. And despite the pandemic, you continue to improve those scores. So talk a little bit um, about what enabled that success. I think we could we could summarize maybe that 30,000 foot view of what is going on in our system that really helps uh, lead us on a continuous improvement track with not only you know, satisfaction and engagement and all of that with our stakeholders, but achievement and all of those things. And it's really comes around um, commitment, consistency, and communication. So we have amazing people in our system. They are committed. So teachers, staff, administrators, board members, and then also the families and the community members and businesses who provide great partnerships for us are all committed to students all committed to their future and understanding how important that is. So that that's that's huge. Also then we have a clarity in our focus and it's really around our strategic plan. We have an um, annual eye on the goal and we've never, even during the pandemic, stepped away from that. So we focus in on our goals, um, our long-term and our short-term goals, and all of our employees see themselves in those goals and those action steps. And so it is all of us working together toward a very meaningful it, toward the very meaningful work that we are all engaged in. And that really helps that ties into engagement. Um, if they see their work as meaningful, um, they are engaged, obviously. And the third area is really that communication piece. And that's not just um, one way communications like our newsletters and our celebrations and our uh, recognitions and our gratitude notes and all of that kind of thing. It's also the opportunities for two-way communication where we really make sure that we are present, um, that we um, are seen not only in schools, but in the community, uh, that we have structured opportunities for staff through like listen and learns to provide us with feedback and input, um, but also for parents. We have a parent advisory team that uh, spans our entire system and we don't close it. We don't say only 10 people can be part of this group. It's open. And I'll say during the pandemic, we had far more interested parents than we did <laughs> Um, prior, but you know, that's okay. And that was great. We had to, you know, actually say, okay, you have to RSVP this year because we have to know if we need a stadium or if we need just a regular size classroom. So um, those are, you know, those are wonderful opportunities to connect. Um, we had far more uh, parents and um, citizens or community members come in to our board meetings and things like that. And we're able to engage and build those relationships with them there too. When we talked about consistency, I think the other piece is that we also are sure that like even during the pandemic, we stayed true to the tactics that we had implemented prior. Um, we didn't step away from that. We didn't say, oh, we're too busy doing all these other things now that we're going through a pandemic. We still rounded. We still did the 30, 90 day interviews. We still you know, made sure that we were um, you know, doing the surveys. We did probably more uh, pulse surveys than we mm -hmm. had prior, but we really wanted to check in. We wanted those opportunities to make sure that we were checking in with our stakeholders um, and that we were on the right track. So um, all of those things, I think, have helped us continuously grow. We didn't 
and 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 certainly um, we continue to learn through the results, through the feedback, and we take we we make those shifts um, in our actions, and um, we are committed to making sure the things that we say are hardwired and that um, are always behaviors that we are continuing you know, to track those and talk about those and come back around data around those. So, um, but it's all through a loving lens of, it isn't about numbers. It's about us serving and it's about um, how well are we doing that and how do we know we're doing it well? So um, it's, it's, it's It's great, Kelly. Yeah, it's a great environment. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, just such model practices, Kelly, in terms of what you're talking about. And, you know, as we, um, as we, as we think about, I mean, first of all, just the proactive way of gathering information, using that information, continuing to build consistent behaviors to achieve the results and stay in that course, stay in mm-hmm. that course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so one of the problems, um, Jeff, I'll open it up with you to answer this question. One of the problems that districts have faced, um, you know, to start with the, the answer is, is staffing and substitute challenge for the year, right? Just in terms of the new, you all have applied some new approaches. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know, that challenge or, you know, looking at how, we, how you, from that improvement standpoint, really face the challenges that are ahead as well as be proactive to continue the actions. Yeah, thanks, Janet. It's, it's been an interesting two years with, with staffing and, and substitutes. And, um, I, you know, I feel, I feel really fortunate that we as a senior leadership or cabinet team, you know, five years ago, um, decided that we needed to strengthen our PLC and and think about ways that we were meaningful ways that we were collecting data and then engaging strategies to make improvements. And we met every week to talk about that data. Um, how is it improving? How is it not? One of the pieces of data that we were collecting as a system was um, our substitute daily fill rate. And that provided a terrific foundation for really readying us for um, what happened with uh, substitute challenges and and shortages. In particular, we had data that helped us better understand on what days of the week were we having our greatest challenges, how often was this happening, and, um, and, and then what what strategies could we institute? So a few of the things that, um, that we really looked at was increasing compensation of our, of our um, substitute mm. teachers. Now, you know, that seems pretty simplistic and it was because everybody was doing it. So what we found is that people were leapfrogging, you know, one over the other and it became really competitive. So we had to do something far more than just increase compensation um, because other districts are now, you know, like I said, leapfrogging over what we were going to pay for a daily rate. Um, so what we did is uh, we ended up hiring what we call our permanent guest teachers or building substitutes. And um, the, the, the uh, building substitutes were assigned to a specific building each and every single day. Um, those permanent guest teachers or building substitutes became our insurance policy. In fact, we did not automatically assign them to vacancies, but we waited until the morning of uh, before we actually assigned them because we wanted to allow our guest teacher service to be able to fill those vacancies overnight through the early morning hours. And then we would assign these building subs um, the morning of. So how did we do that? At six o'clock every single morning, uh, an email was sent out to our administrative assistants at each respective building and the principals and associate principals. 
we followed up with a text message that was sent to the principals. And the reason why we did that is because we wanted the AAs and the building principals to have a lay of the land. We wanted them to know what are they walking into every single morning? Are we going to be short substitutes? Are we going to be short staff? And how are we going to fill that in? We had to shift and move our, our building substitutes to each respective building, depending on um, on, on um, what the vacancies were across our entire district. The other thing that we did is we assigned every senior leader or cabinet member here at our district office a day of the week so that if in fact the bottom was really falling out, we could have our senior leaders actually substitute teach for that day. In other words, it's an all-in mentality. We wanted to minimize the number of days that our teachers had to actually fill in during their prep time because we knew that they were working tirelessly um, to really do their, um, their daily job of teaching chemistry, uh, math, whatever it might be. Uh, and we wanted to give them that, that prep time. So we as senior right. leaders stepped in um, when, when needed. And the end result, we are at an over, uh, overall 99% fill rate last year mm, and so, so far good. this year. Yeah, so good, Jeff. And just, I mean, just such a systematic and strategic approach, you know, to how you looked at the problem and addressed that problem and continue to, to build a, a process that I'm sure people knew that was transparent to everyone. And also, I love that the senior leaders were being models in that process as well. Like we're all in as well, and we're part of that team. You know, Kelly, I'll, I'll pose to you you know, what's been most challenging to employee culture as you've gone through the pandemic? And, you know, I find right now, right now is even as as difficult <laughs> as it's been just because we're trying to figure out where, what we're going to be in the new, right? And it's still, a, um, it's still a question mark of, of where are we going as we begin to come out of the pandemic in a particular way. But what's been the most challenging part of the culture piece in the school year? Probably this year, the challenging part was the uncertainty of like the, the actual Omicron, you know, like when that came, that surge came, um, I, I think it kind of jolted people back into saying, oh my goodness, this pandemic isn't gone like we thought it was last last summer, you know? So that was difficult. I think um, we had, um, it was a huge impact on our staff um, as far as absences and, and our students. And we were in a different kind of learning environment from, from the year prior. Um, so it was a lot of work to work through that. I think um, it also created as the pandemic kind of continued, just the divisiveness that kind of was created within communities. Yeah. And to make sure that um, we remained focused mm -hmm. on our main goals, which were to, you know, show up every day, have quality educators in front of our students, um, provide them, you know, the learning and, the, you know, the structure that they needed during the day to make sure that, you know, we were moving forward with them. So although there was lots of chaos and lots of other things going on that could have impacted us, we just stayed the course. We, you know, continued with, again, that consistency of opportunities for input and feedback and conversation and all of that, that never, that never stopped. So, you know, we were able to listen and move forward. So uh, those were, those were struggles. Um, we're probably not completely through that as you referenced, but, you know, we're, we're holding tight and we're holding strong. Yeah. I think, you know, what, what you've done and, and the theme that's running through 
the conversation today is, um, I think, stay in the course of consistency, Kelly, you know, just being the, the consistency and giving people opportunities to provide that input and letting them know, you know, that you're hearing that input and the actions that you're taking, um, you know, just being ahead of that, right? Ahead, ahead, ahead. And you've done, you all have done that extremely well and you're getting good results, you know, from that. So as we close today, I'd like to ask each of you um, the same question. Jeff, I'll start with you and, and the answer um, to, to, you know, what have you learned as a leader uh, about building a strong culture? Well, we've all heard it, Janet. Uh, culture tr trumps strategy all the time, or culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? We can't we can't really invest all of our energies in strategy. Um, we have to be paying attention to our culture because it is a driver of our work. It's a driver of our system. It really reaffirms to us that it's a key component to strong engagement and satisfaction, uh, as Kelly had alluded to and, and referenced um, some of the pieces uh, earlier. Uh, and it it also really takes a village um, for strong culture to exist. And what I mean by that is we as leaders need to model behaviors, the high standards, the values and ethics that we expect of all employees. We as leaders need to model enthusiasm for the work that we do. We as leaders need to demonstrate genuine concern for the welfare of our employees. Like we really do care about you. We as leaders need to avoid the we they, and we need to build trust. And eventually, credibility is going to follow. Um, you know, many of us as, as leaders see ourselves as servants to our staff, our students, families, and, and community, and that they understand the importance of supporting balance for all of our employees is really important. And sometimes that comes at a cost to their own balance, but we know that that ebbs and flows and it comes in in waves. Um, but quite honestly, this, this word's been used a couple times. When you create a culture of meaningfulness in the work that we do, our employees will do just about anything to support our students and organization. And lastly, um, I'd be remiss if, if, if we didn't say this, we're filled with uh, just an immense amount of gratitude for the efforts of our incredible leaders um, and, and the deliberate work of each segment of our workforce. Yeah, so good, Jeff. Thank you. Kelly? Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think Jeff stated it really well. What we've learned, you know, as leaders about building a strong culture and how important it is. Um, and it's tested during really, you know, difficult times. And so I guess I just circle back to talking, you know, just to reiterate what we started with, which was, you know, our commitment, you know, just building that consistency and having strong communications. Yeah, such such good three C words, <laughs> Kelly. You know, for us to to take away today, um, I'm grateful to both of you. I'm grateful because we've been able to be connected with you for many years. Um, you know, you were some of our first, and we were learning together um, yeah. through the journey. And um, I'm just really grateful for the partnership. Mm -hmm. So thank you for spending some time with me today, and. Uh, for our listeners to hear your story, we've got uh, we've got our our conference coming up in Milwaukee, close to your neck of the woods uh, in July. So um, I'm hoping that you'll agree to to present uh, to present your story um, at that conference because I think you've got uh, a great story to tell and strength and leadership in what you all are doing each and every day. So just appreciate both of you and appreciate the work that you do. 
Well, thank you. Thank and thank you. you again for the opportunity to share our, a bit of our story today, but also just um, our gratitude to uh, the Studer Group for just the opportunity to be some of those first um, districts to learn alongside one another. We had a great uh, collaborative um, opportunity back in the day, and um, we are better because of the tactics and things that we've learned. Um, and with Melissa, she's just a wonderful coach. I so appreciate Kelly and Jeff joining us today. So much to learn from them and so many good results over the years. They've been a great longstanding partner of ours. To register for a free webinar that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that will be happening tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central Time. So go to studereducation.com slash events and click on the event on the right-hand side of the page. We'd also appreciate you taking a moment to follow and rate our podcast in Apple Podcasts. The interaction with you is what's most meaningful. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.